Boom. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. And today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have in Vertigo, who has a new EP called Sex, Love, and Chaos, which is released on July 16th via Rock Shots Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Shadi to share some more information about this EP, what the band has been up to, what they've got coming up down on the pipeline. So, Shaddy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Now, I guess we'll start simple. I mean, we have a, a track called Bad Enemy. Now, I mean, immediately I want to think, well, is there a good enemy? Yeah, you know, I remember the first time someone said that was about a month after the, the song was released. And I was like, oh, I didn't, uh, I, didn't I never saw it that way. Uh, I think what what it <laughs> what it means is you know there's there's degrees of of negative right a bad enemy being a, a pretty harsh degree of uh, of that concept. Okay, so now take us through that concept. Is it a concept that runs through the EP? Is it just something in this particular track? And what is that concept? Um, it was actually, it stemmed from an altercation on tour with uh, a fan at a show. And I, I mean, I don't know if she was a fan or not, but she, she was, she was a fan at, at, up until she wasn't. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we had a, we had a bit of uh, an issue uh, with her. This is, this is later on during the, the, the evening festivities. And uh, the, it just came, we, we were working on the song and things had gone wrong and we were leaving the the situation we were in and uh uh basically put it this way she got into a fight with one of our friends and the friend said well thanks for for doing that for me you're 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 a good friend and i said well i'm not really a good friend i'm just a bad enemy and uh that's how the song that's how the idea came to be for the chorus wow you know, as you mentioned, I keep thinking, oh, yeah, well, there is a such thing as a bad friend and a good friend. And so I guess, yeah, there can be good enemies and bad enemies. Well, I think there's there's bad enemies and then there's worse enemies or there's less. I, I, I don't know, man. It's just a it just kind of just kind of <laughs> slip of the tongue and it worked. And it, you know what, John, it makes sense to us. And that's kind of what matters. Exactly, baby. Exactly. Now, something you mentioned was uh, this fan, or used to be a fan. That's unfortunate. Maybe she's even more of a fan now. I don't know. People are weird. She, uh, she remembers. She remembers anything of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is you guys remember it, and lo and behold, there's a fan out there who has no idea that we're currently chatting about a track that is in dedication. You, you got it. You nailed it, man. All right, beautiful. So it sounded like you guys actually had the music in the works for this track, and then the incident happened, and then I guess you just felt this music screams this incident. Yeah, along those lines, we we sometimes we, we write songs. Actually, usually the case, we usually write them in kind of one setting or one jab. So we'll go in there and it'll just explode. Or what we'll do is we'll get about half of the song done, and then we'll kind of get stuck. And then we'll come back to the other half and finish it. So this was one of those cases we started that we started to write the song right before that tour started, and we got stuck on on the chorus. We didn't know what to do with the chorus. We had a couple ideas, nothing nothing was sticking. We really wanted something that was kind of lyrically, uh, 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 you know, something some, some sort of story there, right? Something like it didn't have to be the most the most uh, catchy or the most badass chorus. We just wanted a statement to be made there. And, and 
subconsciously, I think that we, we knew that's what we wanted. And then when we went on tour and I, and those words kind of came out of my mouth, I just immediately was like, that's it. That's the chorus, that enemy. What kind of like a Dewey Cox moment, if you will. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, now that I'm watching the music video, it makes significantly more sense because the music yeah. video is not just like a bar band video. It actually is something that that happened. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Now, I guess my question is, take us through this music video. Is it uh, something that you guys had said, you know what, let's just reenact it, and and there it is, because it looks, you know, very well done, real crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the, 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 the girl in question, the, the one that the song's uh, kind of inspired by, she was nowhere near as cool as the girl we have in the music video. <laughs> but uh, uh, we, were, we were throwing around concepts. I can't remember who came up with it, but we were just throwing around ideas. I mean, when you think, you know, bad enemy or, or whatever, you just think of a guy in a motorcycle that looks like the Terminator. So we were, we just thought, you know, why don't we just flip that, that script on its, on its head and have a, have a woman in that role, like a woman who's a man eater, a woman who kind of uh, dominates and beats up guys at bars or beats up whoever. <laughs> and, uh, we just loved the idea. And, uh, the, the 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 actress we got summer she just i loved it because she was so she had like the you know face of an angel but i wanted her to have kind of the inside of a devil so i think we pulled it off i think uh uh we us and the director did a good job of capturing kind of that whole concept mm-hmm. i completely agree and immediately for some strange reason i was you mentioned something about uh, a girl being a badass and i thought of Cher if i could turn back time and she's on that that navy ship i don't know why yeah, yeah exactly exactly that was <laughs> Cher's one of our biggest inspirations actually very cool very cool uh fantastic now the track the night was one of the other tracks you wanted to chat about and i guess uh another cool story what is the night in question why did you guys want to chat about this song um well, that's just—it's been one of our favorite tunes for a while, and that music video it was, an, it was it was another one of our songs that we put a lot of work into the music video. Uh, that song—I mean, I have less to do ly- lyrically with what's going on in that track, but uh, uh, as far as I know, Reed uh, designed it to be kind of about how people, like when the sun sets, uh, and then people just become variations of who they are and it's uh a side that that they sometimes regret or they do things that they it isn't in their character basically so it just kind of kind of uh relevant to who we are and we're 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 out on the street you know downtown and and hanging out in clubs late at night and you just see a side of people that uh you never thought you know you'd see yeah I mean, some of the creepiest lines in this song are with my obsession, I'll be on to you. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Stranger danger, Shaddy. You know, that's the first thing he came up with when we, when we, when we were jamming that song. I remember we, we hit into that chorus instrumentally, and, and Reed always improvises lyrics. So that's, that's one of the coolest things about working with him. Lots of singers don't do that. They need to sit with it and work with it and, and uh, mull, mull around. Reed can scat with the band. So a lot of the things we do, it's like we could just tell immediately if it feels right. And that was the first thing he did. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we all stopped and said, that, that's it. That's, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the blurb or the write-up on, on YouTube says that this is the EP's lead single, which is The Night. Um, and it, but it looked like 
the bad enemy had come out earlier. So I guess I'm just curious, what was it about the night that as an official release made it like the key track to come out with first? Well, what, what happened was we had released bad enemy independently. Uh, I, I think close to two years ago. Now we had filmed, uh, filmed it ourselves and, and did everything ourselves. It was all independent. And I'm pretty stubborn and I refused to release the EP until we got a record deal or with the support of a record label. So we had, uh, we had these four, we had these four songs or six songs after technically. And then, uh, kind of just sitting there, no one, no one knew what we sounded like unless you came to a show and bought a CD. We didn't have uh, online, like pretty old school. And I don't know why, why we're so stubborn this way, but so we, we had this, this single out for a year and, uh, I was looking for different management and different, just, just so we can get the right promotion for these songs. So you're not releasing them to, to deaf ears. And the week before we decided to release it, we said, okay, screw it. You know, let's just release the EP and see what happens. Uh, Rock shots reached out to us. So everything got pushed back. We actually went back into the studio and we re- reworked some of the songs for the rock shots release. We changed some things and, when we released it with rock shots, the night was supposed to be the first video, but I, I suggested, I was like, well, why don't we just re-release that enemy through you guys? We'll change up some of the, the, um, vocals on the track and we'll remaster it. So it sounds a bit different. So that's why bad enemy ended up being released before the night. Cool. Now, something you mentioned, sorry. Was that your question? Was that the answer to your question? That was the answer to my question. And it gave me so much fuel for more fodder, fodder for more fuel. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, part of part of my interview style, people will ask, like, "What are your questions?" Like, I don't know. You haven't said anything yet. Say something. Uh, <laughs> you know. Now I have questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, but one of the things you did that I actually kind of dig, uh, which I don't know, could be very stressful for a lot of situations for for a lot of bands. Uh, but a smart decision is to be stubborn about waiting to release material until you have the backing of say a record label or management, but I'm curious to hear more about that because that sounds like quite the story to go through that for a couple of years and not have a mutiny on your hands. So <laughs> how did that go? Did you end up finding a manager? How did you go about finding a manager? How were you just reaching out to record labels anyway? And then, you know, they finally went through the big gigantic stack of tapes and finally got to your tape. What's the story, Shaddy? Tell us, tell us the story. You know, I don't, I don't know how they, how they go through bands nowadays, man. It's, it's, it's such a weird time to be in a rock band. Like I was just watching. I assume you're an Ozzy Osbourne fan. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Well, I was just watching a, a video of him live in 2008. That's what like 12 years ago. And I said, man, like 2008 was so much more rock and roll than 2020. Like even 2008, even just 12 years ago, when when you know it's not the 80s, it's not the 90s. There was just a vibe. There was an energy. Everyone knew who Ozzy Osbourne was. You know, like the person, the average person on the street knew who he was. Nowadays, like people don't. That's not what they're. That's not. That's not on the forefront of kind of society's lobe. Um. So I honestly, I don't know what their process is. It wasn't easy for us. I like to kind of, people were always asking us, where is your music available? And we're like, well, just hard copy. You got to just buy a CD. And they didn't like that. They wanted to scream us. They don't, they're like, my car doesn't even have a CD player. Um, so. <laughs> Mine doesn't either. <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, I can't speak on the rest of the guys. I'm, 
I'm kind of okay being a little more anonymous. I'm okay with being, you know, not, not blasted all over social media and, and uh, on YouTube and stuff like that. I'm relatively, relatively private when it comes to that kind of stuff. I understand it's kind of a, a dichotomy of, with, with what I do, but I'm, I'm kind of happy that rock and roll is more of an underground thing. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it means it's more about the music nowadays and, and less about kind of the, the lifestyle and, you know, a Halloween costume that you put on and off for, for the stage. Yeah. You got to mention something about, you know, the lifestyle aspect of it. And I think that was like, I've had, bands on who originally were pretty big in the 80s like europe for example i chatted with with europe when they had released some newer stuff and the guy was basically saying we used to ride around on private jets on record company money back in the 80s he's like that's not going to happen today to anybody well they ruined it for us so thank you europe yeah exactly right uh but yeah that brings up a really good point because how much of music is selling a lifestyle? How much of it really is just a magazine selling, a, you know, the Marlboro Man kind of thing? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I was born in '89, so I don't know what where it kind of all went went wrong and got so bloated. Um, but it seems like there's always a genre in every decade that kind of becomes the, you know, the the flagship genre, and it just gets so so um diluted with with uh you know phony artists and and insane amounts of money that it loses all of its you know integrity so yeah i i mean I, i'm i'm sure the guys in in you know drake and ariana grande they're all flying around on private jets but you know the the wild and the lazies and the glorious sons are i've seen their vans you know <laughs> I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, and, and that's you know, like I, I think I think it's a mix of both. I think you know, rock and roll needs to reinvent itself in a way, right? So it needs to. And I'm not saying we've done that on this EP. I'm, I'm that, that EP to us is about two years old in terms of the material. We have about 15 new songs that's uh, in the can waiting to be recorded. But I think I think a part of it is rock and roll does need to reinvent itself and and give something new to an audience, whether it's you know from a music perspective or from a, a, you know delivering some sort of message. You know I think that's kind of what's what's been lost lately. Is you know you look at bands like one of my favorite bands is, is Royal Blood, uh, modern bands. And uh, to be honest, I, now that I think of it, I have no idea what they're singing about. You know. I, I mean, I don't follow lyrics much. I'm a guitar player, but uh, uh, I think that's important. When you listen to bands like, you know, Led Zeppelin or Guns N' Roses um, or Pearl Jam or Soundgarden, their their message was kind of beyond just, you know, selling a, a lifestyle. It 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 was, uh, you know, it was it was it was something special. That's why it still lives on today. Mm-hmm. We're not wrong, Shaddy. Lyrics are just space in between guitar solos, and we all know that. That's what my ears have told me since I was 13, so I'm glad you agree. Beautiful. And so that's you with the slash hat on and the, the Les Paul, and the, is that a, a Friedman nameless? Or what is that? You know, you know your gear. Uh, so that is a Friedman small box. Small box. Okay, beautiful. My God, how did you even see that? I can't even see that. And I knew it's in the video. <laughs> You're like, I put it there in the video. I didn't even know it was there. Well, that's cool. I mean, 
And in today's era of uh, a lot of bands coming on who are actually just using a Line 6 pedal, you know, instead of uh, of an amp, I guess it's kind of cool to talk with somebody who's actually building some gear that's real. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, are you are you a guitar player too? I am a guitar player. Awesome. So, I mean, you remember the days of lugging in 412s into the... <laughs> <laughs> downstairs of a of a of a you know slippery sticky bar right uh-huh so uh you know i'm i'm not 19 anymore i, I definitely don't do that but we we always run real equipment we actually even bring we have a lighting rig so we bring our own lighting rig we have our own uh, geysers we have uh four you know massive uh smoke machines we bring our whole production to to our gigs well, that's good to hear, and I can see you guys' lighting in the music video here for the night, because everything's on fire. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the pyrotechnician of me. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, something you mentioned was you guys have some new material, so I'm curious, uh, as a stepping stone or a stepping point from the EP, Sex, Love, and Chaos, are these the breadcrumbs of what we should expect to come, or what is the direction looking like for Invertigo? You know, that's exactly it. We we stumbled upon those those four songs on SLC and it was, you know, vindicative of the, the people we, we, we are. Right. So those songs stuck with us because we, we write songs all the time. And, it's, and if it's not, you know, if it's still not as good, you know, two months down the road as it was the first time we played it, then we get rid of it. So chains and, and, and all those tunes, they, they still represent us, but there's no doubt we've, we've, uh, reach whole new territory with our with our songwriting we have uh we were actually supposed to record an ep right when covid hit so we uh we we had an ep uh studio time booked in and then we had a tour to follow right after so we were going to go record for seven days and then go on a tour for seven days which would have been amazing because none of us have ever done that or had the luxury to kind of you know schedule things that way where it was like the 1970s you know so that all got uh, that all got canceled uh, during COVID. So we're we're in the interim. We just went back to the drawing board and uh, are just working on the the newer material. But there's so much stuff in the vault right now. Cool. That's gonna be one of my questions. Is you know obviously with a release happening about the summer ish time, you guys probably had a world of plans that have had to change. And so what have you guys been up to during this time? And it sounds like well, working on new material to be released hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, you know we. COVID's been a bummer for everyone, right? Like it's been, right? I mean, we can't even, let's not even get into it. It's been, it's, it's such a detailed kind of thing. For us, we, we were burnt out when COVID hit. Like we, we have been a band for four years. We've done over 400 gigs and we've done some, some great gigs and we've done some gigs that make you want to kill yourself. So we, we, uh, you know, we needed the time to just stop and, and, you know, re, reevaluate how much we, we want this, how much we, we need this. And it was amazing because we all came back kind of stronger and more more committed to, to being the best band. Very cool. All right. Well, Shady, that concludes all of my questions. But if there's anything that you wanted to chat about that I missed, then please let me know. Otherwise, I wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Hey, I want to thank you so much, man. It has been a pleasure. Uh, the lead singer, Reed, wanted to let you know that we all have nine-inch tongues and blow smoke out of our ears. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, felt that was necessary, and I, I told him I'd, I'd pass on the message. 
Thanks, Reed. <laughs> All right, go ahead and stop, sweetie.